The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in president-select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right, welcome into the World Cup Preview Extravaganza here on the Ringer Gambling Show. I'm Steve Cerruti. We are coming to you just under a week before the start of the tournament in Qatar, and we'll get to our topic of rundowns. We have a, a pretty robust schedule coming up for the next month, but I want to welcome in first my co-host, my co-pilot here, Paul Carr, who's going to be basically by my side this entire ride here. Paul, Paul's the Senior Director of Content at True Media, and in my opinion, he's the best numbers guy in soccer. Paul, what's up, man? I'm just trying to get adjusted to having a World Cup in November. My sports <laughs> circadian rhythm or whatever is a mess. There's football. There's, you know, there were games, Premier League games last weekend. There were cup yep. games. It's, I don't know. I'm just all confused. But once we finally kick off in a few days, then I guess things will fall into place. But it's still just very strange having sports overload this time of year. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird because, you know, this is like 12 years in the making of like, is this actually going to happen? And here right. we are. And it still doesn't feel real that we're, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. You're right. Like the rhythm of it is completely off. Like we're watching Christian Pulisic just a couple of days ago, just like fingers crossed not to get hurt oh, in that absolutely. Chelsea game. Um, all Pretty much all the players. And we've had a few injuries. We'll hit those, you know, when we get to some of the group stage stuff coming up because, you know, it, it, it's definitely... It, I don't know if it's going to lead to more chaos or more chalk. Which one do you think? Because obviously the schedule is totally weird. It's in the middle of what normally is a season for a lot of these clubs. Although there are some clubs, including Qatar, who they're basically their entire team has been off for a couple of months and they've been preparing specifically for this tournament, which is probably an advantage. Do you lean more chalk or chaos because of this? Honestly, I have I have no idea what to expect. Fair. I mean, totally fair. I kind <laughs> of think, I don't know. My first instinct is that these guys are not going to be as worn down, you know, because usually it comes the beginning of June, these guys have been playing for nine months yeah. straight and they maybe probably got two or three weeks off and now they're at it again and they're kind of dead. So I, my first thought is, well, we're only a couple, two, three months into the season, they might be a little bit fresher. But I don't know. You know, They haven't had much time with their teammates. I think that's a big thing. Instead of two or three weeks, it's a week maybe and you're having to travel as part of that. Uh, I mean, I tend to think that just kind of favors the better teams, kind of like the Christmas season in the Premier League yeah. favors the better teams because they're deeper, they can rotate, just all those intuitive things. And that's backed up by data over the years. They get more points per game, the good teams do over the season. So I kind of think the better teams may just come out, but we're also looking at three games in the group stage. So who knows what can happen? Yeah, I mean, anything could happen when you're, you're talking about such limited games and obviously neutral sites. It's pretty wild. Let me set up the schedule before um, we get into kind of our topics here. 
Um, Paul, as I mentioned, he's going to be with me basically throughout the entire month, throughout the entire tournament. We're going to have shows pretty much every four to five days with every cycle of games. So we'll be on before previewing basically every U.S. game. Um, and we'll get into the knockout stages, the obviously the quarterfinal semis all the way up to the final and the, uh, the, the third place game. Um, we'll, as I said, we'll preview every single USA match. This is primarily going to be a gambling pod, but we are going to hit on a lot of the U.S. men's national team talking points. We'll react to some of the games and some of the discourse that's going on out there. Um, but today, we are going to go group by group and basically just give tell you what we like, tell you who we think was going through, where there's some potential value in in teams. Um, as we talked about, maybe we're siding with a little bit of chalk here, but I think we might surprise you coming up in just a bit. We'll talk about who we like to lift the trophy the golden boot, the golden ball, all of this stuff. Um, first and foremost, let me just say the odds for basically the favorites to win this. Brazil is the favorite at plus 420. Argentina, second at plus 550. France, plus 600. Spain, plus 750. England, plus 800. Germany, plus 1,000. And then all the way down, you've got the mighty, mighty US at plus 15,000. They are the 18th best odds, Paul, to win this thing. I don't think either of us are, are really thinking or taking that bet. It seems like kind of a sucker there unless you're a super homer. But I do want to start with the U.S. and the squad. A couple of days, about a week ago now, I guess maybe half a week or, or so, we had a couple of controversial squad decisions that got Twitter, got everybody worked up. I really wasn't that mad about any of them, but I know a lot of people were. So I just want to talk about that very quickly before we get into the group sta uh, stage stuff. No Zach Steffen for the U.S., no Ricardo Pepe, no Jordan Pifok, but we do get Haji Wright and Jordan Morris um, your initial thoughts on some of the big names left off and if this actually matters? Yeah, those are those are the three biggest or closest thing to biggest surprises for me. Um, do they matter is really the question because we got 26 guys, not 23. Pretty much all of the subs or guys that made it we thought might not have, et cetera, were like for like. So it's not as though, look, in 2014, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann took one center forward. It was Josie Altidore. And Josie has fragile hamstrings. And Josie got hurt. And no. Clint Dempsey had to play center forward against Belgium. And we know how that went. Uh, so I don't think there are no holes in that sense where, you know, Haji Wright got taken at the expense of some somebody else at a different position. The 26 players really helps with that depth thing. So, so yeah, not too bad at, out of shape. I mean, Pepe and Wright, you know, both had been in decent form lately. Uh, Pepe had just kind of gone over a year drought before that without scoring, yeah. which is probably a factor. Um, I'm, I'm The biggest surprise to me was that Stefan didn't make the team because um, I think we all thought he was a solid number two, maybe even still the number one, depending how much Berhalter wanted to uh, stick to his guns with him. So for him to be left off the team was pretty surprising because he had been playing, not necessarily well, but he had been playing at Middlesbrough. Um, and... Uh, Jordan Morris, I think, is fine. You know, he's probably the last winger. You know, if he doesn't play much in the whole tournament, that's not terrible. But you, you want one more winger in case you're kind of main four, uh, tired, injury, have to play in the midfield, whatever it might be. I think that's fine, too. So, yeah, nothing really got me been out of shape here with this U.S. roster. It's funny you brought up Josie Altidore in 2014. Uh, bringing one striker and him getting hurt. I mean, if, if if this was the case, I'd be okay with him bringing one striker. We don't. I don't think we have a striker that we could really rely on, and that's <laughs> right. why when I'm thinking about it, you know, Ricardo Pepe. I know he scored a bunch of you know, a couple big goals, obviously in qualifying, but he's been mm -hmm. just in horrendous form for the U.S. Like I just don't. Do you have any confidence of him leading the line for a U.S. team? No. The answer is just no. Really. So so like you know, I I don't. I could. I see a role in which, all right, Jordan Morris, we're down a goal. You bring on the pace. Like, I, I see a role for that more than I right. think I do Pepe. So, again, it's it's sad because, you know, we got all excited about him, and I think he certainly is a, a Berhalter guy. And, yes, you had mentioned his form in the uh, in the Dutch league has been better, but it's like everybody scores in that league. Right. So it's kind of hard right. to tell. Yeah, Haji Wright has been has been pretty good in what is a tough Turkish league. You know, it doesn't seem like PFOC was ever on Berhalter's radar. Mm -hmm. And then Stefan, you know, the thing with Stefan is he just he just wasn't really good. He wasn't really good in qualifying, as yeah. you pointed out. He's one of the worst goalkeepers um, in the entire qualifying, and he hasn't really been that great at Middlesbrough either. Even though he's been playing ever since that mistake, Man City in the Cup, it just it seems like he's kind of a different guy and has lost all of his confidence. So. It, it sucks. I understand that for guys that we know and who put in a lot of work and are, are probably a big part of why they're, 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 we're in the World Cup here. But yeah. to me, it doesn't really make a difference whether or not I, their ceiling's not any higher and their floor's not any lower for me. So um, that's basically where I stand. We're talking about like the, the third center forward, the fifth winger, the second to third goalkeeper. These, we hope, are not giant impact positions that have a, a big uh, thing to say about how the U.S. does. Yeah. I'm going to quickly give you my 11. You tell me, th this is this is not what I think the 11 is going to be, but this is what right. I would like it to be. Um, and then you tell me if you disagree. Obviously, obviously Turner is going to be in goal. My back line, Dest at right back, Zimmerman. The big question is who is the other center back? 
I'm not an Aaron Long guy. It does seem like Berhalter is. I'd go with Tim Ream. I know you're talking about two slow guys um, because you're going to end up playing Anthony Robinson, who I think is our best fullback at left back as well. And I like the Fulham connection there. So that's where I'd go with the back line. I think if everybody's healthy, midfield of Weston McKenney, uh, Adams and Musa is kind of my pick. And then I would go Aronson, Reyna, and Pulisic up front as sort of like a fluid three, no striker. I know that's kind of like the sexy pick and everybody's talking about that. It's not going to happen because Berhalter likes to play with a center yeah. forward. It'll probably be Ferreira. I would probably lean towards Sargent if we had to play a striker. Um, and I'm as big a Tim Weah guy as there is, but I kind of like him coming off the bench if we need a goal against tired legs. Would you differ? Like, where, what would your, like, would you take anybody out, leave anybody in? What's your, no, what's your take on that? mine's pretty similar. I have the same, uh, Turner, I have the same back four for me. I really like that Reem and Robinson are club teammates. Yeah. And you referenced the speed thing. Yeah, it's not like uh, we're comparing Reem to Miles Robinson or somebody who has the wheels uh, in that case. So yeah, I kind of like the communication, a little more veteran uh, presence in Tim Ream. Uh, yeah, Adams Musa McKinney pretty much picks itself in midfield. Uh, I would go with Aronson, Sergeant Pulisic up top. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind of fl- almost flipping coins. What I like about Aronson is, I mean, it's obviously the work rate and you want to press teams from the start. If the U.S. wants to do that, which I think they should, especially against Wales and Iran, uh, Aronson is the guy to do that. Reyna and Wea, having those guys in reserve on the bench, or whichever of these guys you put on the bench, but those two specifically, U.S. has never really had that kind of weapon before. Like I remember it was the 2010 World Cup, and it's like, U.S. is going to bring in like Robbie Finley and Sasha Question <laughs> or something, yeah. who were fine and good players, but they're not game changers in that same sense that Arena or Awea can be. So that's what I like. I think those front three to five are, are pretty fluid. And if you know, if uh, you want to start Wea and bring Aronson off the bench, there's a case for that. But I just like Aronson's defensive work, and I think that can have more of an effect early in the game, maybe when teams aren't quite ready for it. You can make an argument that Aronson is in the best form of any player in, in, mm-hmm. on the U.S. roster. So I, I think he's I think he's undroppable. I think he has to play. It's just like where does he play? He's listed as a midfielder in the uh, in in the in like the squad yeah. setup. So I don't know if that was a strategic thing or if that was just like a numbers thing. Who knows? Um, I think he's got to play. I think he does. He's been f- fantastic for Leeds. Reyna, I you know it's it's an injury thing. Like he, when he's right, he's really great. It's the kind of same thing with Pulisic. Are are they kind of going to be in form? But uh, but I think the good thing about this whole squad is there is adaptability. There can be for formation adaptability. I think, you know, based on mm-hmm. game situation, if they're down or up, I think they have a lot of different players that they can sort of tweak with. So while the 11 might not be the most important thing in the world, I do think like based on the situation, they have a lot of guys, as you mentioned, who can come off the bench and kind of change a game for them. So yep. before we get into some of the other group stage stuff and our bets, what's what do you think is the best case and the worst case scenario for this U.S. team? <laughs> um, worst case is this is 1998 all over again. Uh, no points, lose to <laughs> Iran, and you go home. You know, with your tail between your legs and a big zero next to the in the column next to your name. Uh, best case, you know, have had a lot of fun with this. Um, you beat Wales, you get a point against England, and you beat Iran, and then Wales bottles up England, and U.S. wins the group. Yep. So that's good. Uh, somehow you get Ecuador or Qatar in the second round because one of those teams sneaks through ahead of Senegal and Netherlands. Uh, Mexico knocks off France, and the U.S. plays Mexico in the quarterfinals. Which would be great. Would be incredible. Yep. <laughs> be unbelievable. U.S. owns Mexico at the World Cup, uh, or at least, you know, a couple times. Uh, and the U.S. beats Mexico. U.S. gets Belgium in the semis and gets revenge for 2014, and then beats Messi and Argentina in the final that the whole world is watching. Wow. So, so you're saying there's the best case saying, scenario. You're saying all the way. I, I, thought, I, I thought I was being uh, a little intense saying like yeah. the semifinals is possible. Yeah. Um, realistically, realistically, you're. I mean, if, if you make the quarters, that is hugely oh, successful. A, oh, my God. If you that, win I mean, a that, knockout game. That's, you that's take just that tomorrow. You would success. take that yeah. tomorrow. I, I'm 100%. with you. It would be nice to, to get a little dose of Sarah repeat there with the USA-Mexico rivalry. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but uh, but I but again, I, I, I think you're right. I think to say, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they, they, they finish bottom of the group. Let's do this. Let's, let's transition over to um, to talk about the group. So why don't we just do Group B since we're already talking about that. We're going to go in order, but we'll start with B just because we're already kind of on this subject. Paul, I, wanna, I want for, for to first ask you, when, when you bet group stages at tournaments like this, specifically like, you know, where there's only three games in the group stage and goal difference matters and one goal here and there matters, what's your kind of strategy? Like, why do you, li- do you like taking long shots in this situation just because of how crazy things can get? I tend to, look, Reference this earlier. It's three games. Anything can happen in three games. And this is soccer, where a goal obviously can decide a game. So one bounce can change everything. I mean, one little thing, you know, the U.S. got Clint Dempsey's goal against England in 2010, which got them a draw, which eventually won them the group. And if they don't get that goal, they would not have advanced. 
Or if, you know, Donovan doesn't get the goal against Algeria, you know, one little goal can change everything. So it's such a razor's edge of what can happen over these three games. One injury can change things. Inner turmoil on a team, coach, you know, you don't, all this stuff can change stuff so much. So point being, I don't mind taking a long shot to win a group or get out of a group here because it's just, I mean, Germany didn't get out of the group in 2018 and that hadn't happened uh, since World War II. Yep. Uh, somebody always doesn't get out. Uh, Italy didn't get out in 2014. England didn't get Depending out. Defending champs got, in general have been, and we'll get Spain to this France in a little bit. Like it's, yeah. it's, been, it's been kind of like a, atrocious in recent history. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll get to the Francis group, which is kind of interesting. I think they will get out, but it's, it's, it's history basically suggests that there is like a hangover effect from teams mm-hmm. that have won it before. Uh, so I'm totally with you that I think I think there are some opportunities to take some teams that are flying under the radar a little bit. So let's start here in Group B, Paul. Um, we've got this is just to win the group. England is obviously the favorite. And I, I found this kind of strange on FanDuel. England is minus 250 to win the group. That is the highest of any team in the entire tournament, which to me, I actually I don't not that I'm not saying England isn't going to win the group. I just don't think they should be the highest. Like, I, I think yeah. Argentina, I think even Brazil yep. have somewhat yep. weaker groups. Like, I think this group's kind of weird. So they're minus 250 as the favorite. The U.S. and Wales both come in tied at plus 550 to win the group. And then Iran is last at plus 1900. I'll open it up to you, Paul. Where do you see value here? Who do you like to advance? The group winner and in, in group B doesn't the numbers don't do a whole lot for me. Uh, you know, the number I like to advance is Iran. They're plus 300 on FanDuel right now. You can. Might be able to find them better elsewhere too. As a reference, if you get above plus 300 on not anybody, but anyone where the group is relatively even, I think that's a pretty yep. good price. And I just think Iran is a lot closer. So Wales and US, US is minus 105 to advance. Wales is plus 105. I think Iran is much closer, should be much closer to those two teams uh, than plus 300. Now, let me be clear. Iran has a lot going on, both <laughs> politically, you know, the government's telling them not to select players. There's, there's a lot protests, all this stuff. So it's very possible that Iran could may have uh, one of the lowest floors of anybody in the tournament. But they're staunch defensively, five goals in 16 qualifiers, I believe. They got a couple guys playing at Leverkusen and Porto who can score goals, uh, assuming they're healthy. And Wales has trouble scoring. US has trouble scoring. England is very conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think in a low-scoring group, that variance could really come into play. So you can get Iran at three to one to get out. I think that's a pretty good price. I don't hate that. I had I had Iran as as to finish runner up is plus four thirty. Um, mm-hmm. I I I kind of love that. I think again, I don't think they're as bad. Like their their FIFA World Ranking is actually it's in the twenties. It's not as low as you would think it would be. Yep. They've got a couple good attacking players. The interesting thing to me, Paul, about this group is that I think the U.S. plays the most progressive football in this entire group. <laughs> like they actually want the ball. They want to to yeah. push the tempo. They want to score. Whereas England basically wants to get a lead and sit on it. Wales is going to just sit back and hit you on the counter with the pace guys they have up front. And Iran basically sits back in a block as well in what is basically a four five one. Um, so I, I, it's it's I kind of think this group strategically and tactically plays into Burhalter's hands, even though I'm not the biggest Burhalter guy, which is why I do think that the U.S. will ultimately come out of it. I don't like the value of really any U.S. bets coming out of the group here. Um, but what I do kind of like is Wales bottom of the group, Paul. I, I think this Wales team's not. I, don't, I just don't think they're that good. I think their midfield is old and not great. You're still counting on Aaron Ramsey. I think their defense is pretty poor. Um, and you know, Bale. You know, sure, he can he could single-handedly maybe still win you a game here and there, but he's kind of been out of form. I know he scored the goal against the Union um, right. in the MLS title game, but he's been pretty quiet to that point. I think I, I think this Wales team's going to just struggle. Period. Uh, and I have a I, if I had to order it, I would go England one, US two, Iran three, and uh, and Wales four. But I really do like Wales bottom at plus two forty. Yeah, I don't mind it because they are a will give you possession hitch on the counter, but they also give up a lot of chances. It's not they're not a yep. you know Atletico Madrid that will just strangle the life out of the game and let you have the ball but not give you anything. That's not how Wales has done it. Uh, they they just have something about tournaments though. You know they made the knockouts, they made the semis at Euro sixteen, they made the knockout round last year at Euros. Uh, so they seem to have something, some kind of devil magic or something. But I don't hate the bottom of the group bet for them either. Yeah. Do we want to, why don't we, why don't we just, what do you think top two, who, who do you think advances? Like putting the numbers aside, who do you just think advances out of this group? I mean, ignoring the numbers, I would probably take England and Wales just because again, Wales has this devil magic I, with the numbers though. I would rather have much rather have a run at plus 300. I have a pretty, one of my favorite bets of the tournament and we'll, we're going to have a show coming up on Friday with the first round of games coming up. And I, I have a bet that I absolutely love for USA Wales. So tune in, make sure you tune in for that. Um, but I, I do think the winner, like USA plays Wales in the first matchup. Both teams cannot lose that match. 
can't lose it. If they lose it, they're basically done. Um, especially the U.S. who has to then play England in the second matchup. Like they're, yeah. you know, you're going to be chasing points against England. It's going to be tough to come back from that. Um, so I think that is obviously one of the most important matches of, of, of any opener in the entire tournament. Um, the interesting thing about England too is that they've got a lot of injuries. Reese James, who's one of my favorite players on the team, one of the most important players for England, is out. Uh, and I don't know. I just it, nobody likes Gareth Southgate. I know they made what the 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 finals of the Euro, but there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors to that. Uh, although you could say they could have won the tournament too, so it's like I guess right. can go they either way. Should have won that final. But I'm just I'm still not really buying into them. U.S. youngest team in the tournament. Um, I don't know. It's pretty volatile. I'm going to go just because this is probably more of a, a heart than a head pick. I'm going to go England top and then USA second. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. I don't like the value there money wise, but that's where I would go as far as the pick. Let's move over to group A here, Paul. This is uh, this is kind of an interesting group because of a lot of the factors surrounding it. Netherlands is the top. Are the Dutch back? A lot of people are saying they're minus 195 to win the group. Senegal second, uh, the AFCON champions, they're plus 400, but Sadio Mane, who is basically their best yeah. player, one of the best attacking players in the world is hurt. doesn't sound like he's going to be available for any of their first couple games. There's been very vague coming out of their camp um, of what's going on there. Ecuador coming out of Cotton Bowl, super, ta- super talented, but young team is plus 490 to win the group. And then the host nation, Qatar, at plus 1900. Paul, any value here? I mean, at 1900 to win a group in a tournament <laughs> like this, I feel like you could just, yes. It's the short answer. Like they got a chance. I mean, if I don't play the history card, you know, every host nation except one in World Cup history has advanced past the group stage. That one was South Africa in 2010. Now, having said that, Qatar is the first country that is making its World Cup debut because they got this automatic bid. So it's a little bit of a, a different animal here. But yeah, 1900. I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, this team actually isn't again isn't as bad as I think people make it out to be. You know, I think there are some bad teams in this tournament like Saudi Arabia is one of them I think Costa Rica is kind of a bad team we'll get to them in a little bit Qatar I mentioned in the open too they have had so much time to rest and prepare for their because most of their entire team plays in the Qatari league and you know they're they're kind of in a completely different vibe and energy level than I think the rest of the entire teams or players in this tournament I don't think it's insane for them to get out of it I don't really have them as one of my best bets in this tournament I I do think I think Netherlands is kind of a shoe in though to win this group especially at FanDuel which seems FanDuel has the best price on this that I've seen which is interesting at minus 195 to win the group I think the Netherlands are really good I think this is this is a, a, a country that's rich in history that is that has been very far in in both Euro tournaments and World Cups. They had a couple down years here, but Louis van Gaal, their kind of legendary coach, is back at the helm. And they've got some really good young talent to go with the Virgil van Dykes and some of the more you know veteran-laden guys that they have on the squad. I think them to win the group at minus 195, I know you're laying a little bit there, but I still like that. And then I'm going to go... The, the issue is... Senegal, if they're healthy, Paul, they are a right. really good team. This is, one of, I think, one of the better teams in the world. Uh, the question is... Sadio Mane, how he's incredibly important to them. He's one of the best attacking players in the world. Khalidou Koulibaly, who plays for Chelsea, used to be at Napoli, has kind of been out of form. You know, he was one of the best defenders in the world. Now, I don't think you can really say that anymore. I don't know if it's a Premier League jump thing for him or an age thing. Um, And then, you know, obviously... Uh, many of their goalkeeper has kind of been out of form as well. So I'm a little bit worried. They still have talent. They still have Idrissa Ghanagay who plays for Everton. Ismail Asar who plays for Watford. They still have some talent on this team. I actually lean though Ecuador just because of the the uncertainty. They're uh, plus 220 to finish second. I, I think this Ecuador team is good. I think Common Bowl is one of the hardest regions to qualify out of and they had a very convincing uh qualifying round they're basically finishing just behind brazil and argentina who are two powerhouses so i'm gonna go with ecuador just because of so much uncertainty around senegal i don't know if you feel the same um you know so full disclosure i have a plus 450 senegal to win the group bet that i made i think it was right after the draw or shortly thereafter i don't feel as good about that now obviously with mane out um but this is this is not a one-man team that we have in Senegal. You mentioned Mendy and Koulibaly. Really good defensively. They're really a defense first team when they won Cup of Nations and beat Egypt in qualifying. I think they allowed seven goals in 15 games during those two tournaments. Uh, they're good on set pieces. Uh, they've got Diallo, a Leipzig center back in, in the back line too. So they've got plenty of pedigree there. Um, I, I still don't hate my ticket. And I think a plus 400 for them to win the group, I don't think that's too bad because I think they're going to be better than people think. And they're the best African team at the tournament. Uh, but yeah, the Dutch are the class of the group. They've got the top-end talent that, you know, the very top end of their team with uh, Depay and De Jong and uh, Van Dyke, like you said. That's as good, you know, kind of a, a three down the middle as just about anybody has. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't mind them to win the group. I have a Senegal play. 
I don't mind playing it at the price it's at now. It's bounced back up after it was down like plus 300, plus 350 before Mane's injury. So I think they still got a shot. Maybe there's some Ewing theory stuff going on I was just going to say, Bill, Bill Simmons is the Bill Simmons special. The Ewing, I, who yeah. knows? I mean, you're right. They are still very talented. Here's the thing, Paul. I was kind of looking at the, the way this schedule plays out. Senegal opens with the Netherlands. So if you like right. them to get out of the group, you might as well just wait until after that game because they're probably going to lose. You're, you might get better yeah. odds in that situation because the only game in that scenario that's likely going to matter is the Ecuador-Senegal game to finish the group. It's, it's right. match day three. Um, so you could kind of wait and see if you can get a better price on that is what I would do. I'm not saying Senegal can't get out of it. I'm actually, I would be rooting for them because I just like, I think it'd be fun to see an African team make a run yep. and I think they are the best team. I just, man, when you lose a, when you lose a guy like Mane, it's just like, He's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it'd be like it'd be like Argentina losing Messi. I know it's not exactly right. the same. Argentina still has talented players, but I just don't feel right. as good about them. And the uncertainty, like we don't know when he's going to play. So, yeah. you know, it, it, yes, you can. Their ceiling is still high, but they could also still drop a game without him. So, I, I'm it's kind of a stay away mostly for me in this group. But uh, but I will be rooting for Senegal. Yep. Yeah, I think I think almost everybody. They're going to be fun to watch. I think. All right, let's move on to Group C. This is uh, one of the favorites in this tournament. Argentina to win the group. Uh, they're the favorite at minus 220. Mexico are, uh, uh, I guess, our, our rivals down to the south are plus 490 to win the group. Same thing with Poland at plus 490 as well. And Saudi Arabia at the bottom at plus uh, 3,200. Uh, 3, I <laughs> This is a weird, this is like a messy last dance situation. And I know a lot of people are picking them. I, I'll, I'll get to my picks in a little, you know, a little bit later at the end for, for who we actually think is going to win this thing. Um, the interesting thing here is that Mexico, they're kind, they've been out of form. They still finished second in CONCACAF qualifying, even though it was like considered a massive down sort of cycle for them. Um, but this is a team that just gets out of the group stage. And in seven straight World Cups, they've gotten out of the group stage. So are you riding that, Paul, or are you going to fade them based on the recent form? I, I am riding that, in part because it's them. It's what they do. I think Tata Martino is a good coach. I know a lot of people don't like him in Mexico, and he's made a few odd moves um, with the squad and such. But I, I still think they have the talent to get out of the group. It's also, look, Saudi Arabia is not that good. Let's be honest. Their whole team plays in Saudi Arabia, which, you know, this is the World Cup. That's a a cut or two below what most of these teams are. Uh, Poland, I have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, what is it? Muscle memory from betting Poland in the past, and they've let me down at tournaments. But they just always look so good on paper. They've got Lewandowski, they've got Zelensky, these guys supporting him, that it looks so good. But... It has not played out. You know, they didn't beat anybody notable in qualifying. All they beat was San Marino, Andorra, and Albania. Uh, They didn't get out of the group in the 2018 World Cup. They only scored twice. They didn't get out of the group at Euros last year. Uh, I I just don't trust this Poland team, even with Lewandowski, and he's 34, I think. So, yeah, almost by process of elimination, I still like Mexico to get out of this group. Yeah, it's kind of by default, as you said. I I really like, if you you can take... uh... Argentina to finish first and Mexico to finish second at plus 170. That yeah, to me like is the that. play. Uh, I think, you know, Poland, I'm just, I just don't, I don't think they have anybody to get Lewandowski the ball. That's the issue. Right. You know, like, Zielinski's a good years. midfielder, but they don't have any, really any wide players. Um, the defense is getting older. Goalkeeper's decent, but um, I do think Mexico tried and true. Like, I just think, you know, I think, and it, uh, th- this is us secretly rooting for that uh, that rematch again in the Dosa Cero <laughs> part, whatever. Um, so I, I, I secretly, I guess I'm hoping that we can get that. I think they get out of this group as well. Um, Argentina, minus 220. Uh, I, I, probably just to stay away. I think they're obviously a heavy favorite. I don't think there's any way they don't win this group, but I think it's it's probably not a great price there, I'd imagine. And if you're, you're looking at Mexico to advance, you're looking at like minus 120 or so. And with Argentina lock, I think it's what you said. You either play like those two to advance, which is like minus 125, or you play the exact uh, Argentina-Mexico at 170. Yep. All right, moving on to Group D. This is defending champion France. They're the favorites at minus 195. And then everybody's darling, Denmark, plus 185. Uh, let's We'll get to them in just a little bit. And then you had a couple of massive long shots, Tunisia and Australia, both at plus 3,200. Here's the thing. We talked about it earlier, Paul. There is a like a, a, a reigning champion hangover. It's tried mm-hmm. and true. We've seen it, whether it was Italy in 06, whether it was Spain, whether it was Germany. And this France team has been in poor form, not to mention that their, their usual midfield of Conte and Pogba both out. Now, it doesn't mean they don't have talent because they do have an incredibly young, talented midfield that they're going to be bringing into this. But that's something that I'm going to be banking on. Probably not. And Denmark was, I mean, I gave them out as a sleeper in the year. I'm sure you did. Everybody did. Everybody was on Denmark. Um, even after the Christian Eriksen thing happened, they end up finishing, uh, I believe, f- what, what fourth, I believe, or third or fourth. Yeah, semis, yeah. Yeah, right. they, they, they're just, they're, they're, on paper, it's like they're not sexy, but they're just a good team. So I look at this right away and go, I can get Denmark. Everyone's going to look at this and go, you know, 
France. Oh, they're look at the talent. They've got Mbappe. Right. They've got Benzema. They've got all these guys that I know that play at these major clubs. But man, Denmark at plus 185 is a really, really intriguing thing to take. And I think a lot of people are going that route. Yeah, so I played Denmark to win and I got plus 275. This was like two, three weeks ago. Like wow. the odds are just... And France was like two closer to 250, minus 250 at the time. So that tells you exactly what, what you're saying, how everyone's getting on this Denmark train. And yeah, France has all the makings of Francing this tournament like they did in 2010 or 2002 when they just puts it up, don't get out of the group stage. So all the fixings are there. You know, they weren't that great in qualifying, even though they kind of got on through. Uh, they're losing, like you said, Pogba and Conte aren't there. Uh, they're switching up their defensive set. They're going to four backs instead of three, it looks like. That's mm-hmm. what they say, at least, um, compared to what they used at Euros last year. So there's there's all, all those things. It's still so hard to get past. Like, this is France. Like, they could pick 26 different guys and probably still get out of a lot of these groups. Uh, there's so much talent on these teams. So, and they have, I mean, we barely mentioned, they have Mbappe. They have Benzema. They have two of the, whatever, five best forwards in the world. Uh, who may not, don't always play well together necessarily, but they still have them on the team. And that's all it takes. So, yeah, I can't bet against France getting out of the group, but I'm not racing to bet it either. I think if you can get Denmark anything close to 200 or better, then that's that's the play here to win the group. Yeah, the, I mean, I, I'd love to take a flyer on France and not make it out of the group. It's plus 600, but I just I just do not trust Australia and I do not trust Tunisia. I think these are two of the... No. the, the this is one of the like the worst bottom parts of the group as far as like two teams at the bottom. I just don't think either of them yeah. can really push it. I think France can essentially sleepwalk their way into a second place finish. Here's where I think maybe the value is. Like, all right, yeah, so I, I mentioned Denmark finishing or winning the group is plus 185. Um, You can get France runner-up at plus 230. So... I, yep. I, I don't think France is not going to qualify for the knockout stages, but I also think there's a really good chance they don't win the group. So I think instead of Denmark one, take France runner up at plus 230. Um, and that 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 to me is probably the way to go. I, again, I, I th- would it surprise you if, because if, I've seen a lot of people too, like they just automatically pencil France into the semifinal yeah. or the final against Brazil. Like, would that surprise you? Like, do you think, like, do you think they're, you know, we'll get to it a little bit as far as like teams that, you know, we think could potentially win it. I, I wouldn't put my money down. We'll get to what the, what their price is to, to lift the trophy. I wouldn't be surprised if like, they're just like, hey, this team's super talented and here we are in the semifinal and they're probably going to win it again. But I, I don't know. There's just something off about this team and you can't right. really, you can't really put your, your finger on it. Yeah. And I mean, they were kind of in a similar spot four years ago. You know, everyone, four years ago, everyone had them as the most talented team, but they're still France and hadn't done much at major tournaments. Uh, and to be honest, they weren't that great in the group stage four years ago. They were fine, good enough. They got through. And it really wasn't until, you know, kind of Mbappe exploded against Argentina and did it a couple times other, later in the knockout rounds. They really were not this dominant team. As much as their highs were great, they weren't super dominant at the World Cup, even though, you know, they won and put up a lot of goals. So I, I, can't, I still have that same feeling. But yeah, in this group, I don't see how there's any way to bet against them getting out. My only thought would be, does does Mbappe look at this and go, Erling Holland has like kind of passed me as like the new sexy shiny toy in the world. He's he's now, you know, transfer marked as him as the most uh, valuable right. player in the world, ahead of Mbappe. You know, Mbappe had the whole flirtation with Real Madrid, then he goes back to PSG and like his stock has kind of dropped. Like I wonder if he looks at this and goes, This is my motivation. Erling Holland is not in the tournament. He's gonna be off for a month. The the, the lights are gonna be on me. Like this is ready. This is the time for me to reclaim my throne as like the golden boy, as the guy that everybody wants. Like that's the only thing I could think of as far as like motivation wise. But again, you had kind of mentioned it like tactically with France. They're it's so weird how many like England does it. Um Certainly, France does it. They have all this talent, but they kind of play the Jose Mourinho like anti-football, where they just want to like basically sit back and play you on the counterattack. And listen, yeah. Mbappe is one of the best counterattacking weapons there is in the world, so it's fine. And they did win the last tournament, as we talked about. But it's just strange how some of these clubs that have all this talent are afraid to actually use their weapons. I think it speaks partially to the nature of tournaments. You know, like we said, if you lose that first game, doesn't matter who you are or who it's against, really, you're in trouble. You lose your first game, only 11% of teams have gotten out of the group stage under this format. So I think that's part of it is you just got to be very cautious and you don't want to, you know, you can't win the tournament on the first day, but you can lose it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that. I think that's part of it is these managers and players and entire teams just very careful. Don't want to blow it. You can ease your way in a little bit and build your way and get better through the tournament, kind of like France did last time. Let's move on to Group E, which is one of the more fascinating groups in in this entire tournament. We've got Spain, who is uh, tied with Germany as the favorite, 
They're both minus 105. So kind of like a, a coin flip there. Then you've got Japan, who's actually a sneaky good team. Uh, they they really put it on the U.S. in a friendly, what was that, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of embarrassed them. And But I, yeah. I, I don't think it's as embarrassing as it was potentially because on paper, they're a pretty good team. They're at plus 1,700 to win the group. And then you've got Costa Rica, our CONCACAF brethren, at plus 5,500. Aging squad. I think they actually might be like one of the worst teams in this entire tournament, to I be agree. honest with you. Um, but I, I do think there might be some value here in Japan. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I've heard a lot of chatter about people actually liking Japan. So thoughts on that and if they if you have them progressing who's the odd man out between Spain and Germany yeah I don't know how to pick one between the two I mean Germany seems like the right answer because they haven't they just haven't been in great form ever since the last World Cup kind of scuffled through Euros as well uh, and Spain seems to be you know on the rebound of sorts you know after moving past the generation that that won three trophies in a row um, but yeah I don't mind Japan as Taking a shot, you know, I think it's a plus 320 to advance. So you get a better price on them even to finish runner-up if you wanted to go that route. Uh, I don't mind. Like I said, somebody always gets knocked out early. It was Germany four years ago, uh, Spain in 2014. You know, somebody always goes down. So it's not terrible. And the gap, as we said, between Japan and Costa Rica, I think is sizable enough that that should be three points for Japan. And you get that three, and maybe all you need is one more just to draw against Germany or Spain to get through. Yeah, I... This is one of those ones where, like, I yes, I I'd, I'd like to spice it up and potentially, you know, pick one of these teams and not one of these big teams in Spain or Germany and not make it out. I just don't have a good lean on who it would be, and I don't know. Like, I like I'll get to this in a little bit. I, I like Spain. I like them. I have a few futures on them. I I I know you've, they've had sort of like a, a turnover of some some newer players in this in this newer generation, but uh, I still think they're really good, and I think I honestly would probably favor them to win the group over Germany. But I still think Germany, coming off of what you mentioned in 2018 of embarrassment, they're going to want to basically show out that they're still Germany and they're still good. No Timo Werner for them, no Tony Cruz, but I still think, you know, they've got Gundogan. They still have a lot of really, really talented players in that squad. And a Hansi Flick, former Bayern Munich manager, um, is, I think, really, really good. And I I, yep. I just, you know, you can get, what is it, to uh, Germany, both well, Germany is to, to not qualify is plus 500 and Spain is plus 550. I don't, if I had to take a flyer, <laughs> if I had to take a flyer, I'd probably go with Germany even though I don't feel great about that, but you're right. It's probably just better to say, hey, I'll take, you know, plus 375 for Japan to advance and then, you know, you don't have to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The, the one thing I like is we've referenced Costa Rica. Um, I mean, to finish bottom, it's like minus 240. So that's, it's a tough price, but I think, it, but I also like getting zero points for Costa Rica out of this group, which is plus 170. Uh, I think that's, you know, extremely reasonable. They're by far the worst team in the group. Obviously, Germany and Spain should beat them and I think Japan should too. Yeah, I think uh, you can. There, there are bets out there too. If you really don't like Costa Rica to like least least amount of points or least amount of goal score, like I think they're in that territory. If you really don't like them, I haven't put anything personally in on that, but I think that that's an interesting thing because they're they're just it. This isn't the same squad from 2014 with you know some of the, it's some of the same names, but they're just. Right. I mean, man, they're, I was gonna they're, say, they're certainly the problem, long in the tooth. Yeah. yeah, part of the problem is it is the same squad from 2014 in <laughs> yeah, some ways. That, that still, new generation just hasn't gotten through. So you're going to see. Oviedo and Tejeda and Borges and Campbell and Ruiz on this team. And if it weren't for Kaylor Navas, um, A, they wouldn't be here, and B, they would have even less of a chance in this tournament. Definitely. All right, moving on here to Group F, which this is where I think I'm going to spice it up, Paul. Uh, I'll just I'll give you the odds first. This is Belgium to win the group. They're the favorite at minus 150. Croatia, aging team, but still like, a, I, people still really like Croatia, and I think I do too. They're plus t- uh, 230. To win the group, Morocco plus eight fifty, and then Canada, our brothers up north, plus eleven hundred. I'm going to just say it right now: I'm not high on Belgium. I think we've been, <laughs> we've been talking about them for what, basically like twelve years. About this is like the golden generation, and they just haven't really done anything. And now I think their team's kind of old, specifically that back line. If they're still going to shop for Tongan and uh, Alderweireld out there, you know. And I actually think this is a sneaky, difficult group. Like Croatia, I, I think too. I trust. I think I trust Croatia as an older squad, more than I probably trust Belgium. I know Kevin De Bruyne is still maybe the best midfielder in the world, um, but you got Lukaku, who has been hero- you know, horrendously out of form for right. what feels like 12 months now. And you have two kind of like up and coming and, you know, interesting teams in both Morocco and Canada. Morocco, you know, you, you go a couple months back and they have like some of their star players in a fall with the manager. They get rid of the manager. They bring in back, they bring some of their talented players back into the fold. So you've got Ashraf Hakimi, who plays for PSG. You've got Hakim Zia, who plays for Chelsea. Um, and uh, Maserawi, who's Maserawi from yeah. Bayern. Yeah. They're, they're a very good squad. And I think probably the second, maybe best team in, in Africa. I think they're an interesting play here. And then Canada absolutely blazed through uh, CONCACAF qualifying. They're not afraid of anybody. 
I really actually think Belgium is in trouble here. I'm going to say it right now. Belgium, bottom of the group, plus 1,600 is in play, and not <laughs> just not to qualify, plus 400. I will be invested on both of those. Not saying it's going to happen, but I'm going to take a flyer here. I just do not trust this Belgian team. And then throw into the mix, Roberto Martinez. I am an Everton fan. Nothing. I, I wish no, no ill will towards the guy. I just know he is a flawed manager. So you give me Belgium bottom of the group and not to qualify. I'll take both of those. Where do you sit? Uh, I, I love Roberto having worked with them at ESPN. So nice but, guy. Yeah, Incredibly I love nice Roberto. guy. Yeah. Everyone loves working with him. He's a great coach. He'd come into the research room and like try to pep us up before day, games, just like a coach. Um, but I mean, I want to fight you on this, but I have a Belgium out in the group stage bet already. Uh, it's plus 380 now. I don't hate it because, like you said, I think any of these other three teams couldn't give Belgium fits. Vertonghen's 35, Adderall's 33. They're going to be vulnerable to quick counters. Guess what Canada does as well as anybody? Quick counters. Morocco, you mentioned the fullbacks. Quick counters. Croatia has one of the better midfields in the tournament, and that Modric guy is still around to spray passes on the counter. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's, look, Belgium is the most talented team in the group. They could make a deep run in the knockout stage, but it's just a very real possibility that, you know, one out of five times or more, they're not going to make the knockout stage or to your bet, you know, one out of 17 times they're going to finish last. Uh, I like Canada. I like Morocco. I don't mind betting any of them to get out of the group. Uh, I've played Croatia to win the group at plus 230. That's the, the one play I have, and I may end up sprinkling a little on Morocco and or Canada as well. Yeah, and the interesting thing too is even if they do make it out of the group, they're likely going to be playing... Well, yeah, they're basically going to be playing Germany or Spain, assuming right. things go chalk. And I, I have them losing to both of those teams. I don't that's, think they're. That's another good point. If uh, like if you like Canada or Morocco to get out of the group, you might look for a bet to be eliminated in the round of sixteen. Because mm-hmm. if they're, you know, Canada, I think is plus uh, plus two eighty to get out of the group. They're going to be around plus four hundred to go out in the round of sixteen. So think about that angle if you want to play one of these two teams, because you know they're going to run into Spain or Germany in all likelihood, and that'll be trouble. Are you, how confident are you in Croatia? Again, like older team. Like I would, a lot of the things that yeah. we talked about with Belgium do kind of apply to Croatia as well. But Croatia, like they're coming off of, a, a, of their, they were the finalists. They lost to France in the final in 2018. Like this is a team that has kind of actually proved it to me. So I, I'm a mm-hmm. little bit more, I'm a little yeah. bit more willing to to look over, to over, I should say to overlook like they're, some of the age on, the, on their roster. Like Modric is getting older, but he's still playing at a high level. Some of their forwards are still pretty long in the two. They got a couple of young players, but Nobody who's like as good as that, what, what kind of their golden generation was. But for some reason, right. I still kind of trust them. I still do too. I mean, like I said, that midfield of Modric and Brozovic and Kovacic is about as good a three as you're going to find at the tournament. Um, I think they have enough youth. You know, uh, Jesko Guardiol from Leipzig in the back line is, yeah. is pretty important. Next big and, thing. You know, yep. He's a really good guy. Um, yeah, the big question for me is, you know, they really haven't replaced Mandzukic up top in that forward spot. I mean, they kind of play Kramaric or Petkovic there, but you know, they just kind of make it work. They don't really have that guy. I just think there's enough talent in the midfield and they haven't fully transitioned to that next generation, but there's enough of it there that I think, you know, with that leadership and the combination of, of the quality guys coming through, I think that's enough to win this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to Group G. We got two left here. Uh, this is the favorite in the entire tournament and certainly the favorite in this group. Brazil comes in at minus 220 to win Group G. Switzerland, second, plus 490. Serbia, plus 600. And then Cameroon, uh, another interesting African team at plus 1700. I'll let you take this. I got a couple thoughts on this, but I'll let you start here, Paul. Yeah, this is beyond Brazil. Look, okay, Brazil's the class of this group. They rolled through qualifying. They haven't gone out in the group stage since 1966. And beyond <laughs> that, they've won their group every World Cup since 1982. So anything other than Brazil to win the group is a little bit, I mean, it's obviously a long shot, but a little bit crazy to me. But beyond that, I feel like I don't really have a feel. Um, I mean, Switzerland and Serbia are kind of a coin flip. Serbia may have the best player in Mitrovic in the best form the way he's been the last couple of years up top. Um, Switzerland is just always a better team than the sum of their parts. Yep. Um, you know, Shaka and company, you know, they made the quarters in Euros last year. They knocked out France on penalties. Uh, Cameroon, you know, this, they're not as good as they have been in recent years. Uh, they've got a Guisa from Napoli. He's really good. Um, not a whole lot else that scares me. So, I mean, at plus 300 to get out of the group compared to Switzerland and Serbia, sure. But I, I just don't have a real good feel beyond Brazil. Almost anything I think could happen for those other three. I, I'm with you on Brazil. Like, they're, they're winning the group. They, you know, they're the vast majority of people picking them to win the entire tournament. I think it's as, as much of a lock as can be. Uh, and before I get to some of my sleepers here, can I get you in on this? Brazil, Netherlands, and Argentina all to win their group plus 220. 
I don't think any of, I mean, I guess the most vulnerable one would maybe be the Netherlands, but I, I think those are the three. I don't want to throw England in there because I just, I don't feel as confident about them, even yeah. though they have the best odds. Uh, that's plus 220 for those favorites. I think all those teams win the group. Yeah, that's not too bad. I probably, I do, I mean, you always want a better price, but it'd be nice to get a little bit of a better price. Uh, just in case, you know, Netherlands, I feel like they probably have the least margin for error and yeah. and the strongest group as much as anything else. But yeah, that's not too bad because, yeah, I'd say at least two of those should be locks. Yeah, because you're not taking really anything with Brazil on their own. The other thing that I really like, and this gets to the team that I really like in this group. I love Serbia, Paul. I, I love this. Team. On paper, mm-hmm. I they remind me of... I mean, I guess I should say they're more talented, I think, than Denmark. Denmark, as we talked about, mm. is an incredible team. They play so well together. They've they've just been doing it for so long. You don't look at those guys and go, oh, here's like star here, star there. Oh, we have some players, obviously, Ericsson and a few guys. But I look at this Serbia team, and there's just name after name after name. As you mentioned, yeah, they got a lot of uh, guys. Mitrovic at Fulham, uh, Vlahovic at Juventus, Kostic at Juventus, um, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, who, as it pains me to say, as a Roma supporter, might be the most underrated midfielder in the entire world. His brother's in goal. They are kind of stacked. And I look at I look at Switzerland's form. You're right, Switzerland. They're one of those teams that are like, how the heck could they get this far? But they shouldn't even be here. I mean, if if Jorginho makes a penalty, they're not even mm-hmm. in the World Cup. So, yep. and they've, they, I know the Nations League isn't like the most important thing in the world, but they haven't been doing great there as of recently. So you look at current form and I don't really love them. I think, and Serbia, by the way, they topped a group in qualifying with Portugal. They beat Portugal and drew Portugal. This team is not afraid I'm telling you, this is like kind of my favorite, I think, sleeper of all the, of all the, like the really, really, I don't think they're going to win it by any means, but I do think they could make a run. So I've got a couple bets here, Paul. I've got Brazil to finish first, Serbia to finish second. That's plus 240. I have that already locked in the books. And then Serbia to make the quarterfinals is plus 430. They'd either play Uruguay or Portugal. I kind of would hope they'd play Portugal because we've already seen them right. get results against Portugal. I think those are two really interesting bets. I love the Serbs here and, you know, I hope they don't let me down, but I just think the talent on paper, they are more they are way more talented than Switzerland is. You're kind of talking me into it. I mean, the one thing that scares me is I feel like Serbia is a sleeper team for a lot of people and, you know, is everyone getting on the bandwagon? It's going to scare me Correct. off a little bit. But, but yeah, I mean, I can't argue with everything you said. They're definitely one of those teams where you look at their roster and you're like, oh, like this guy's Serbian and that guy's Serbian and all these these names that you know uh, all show up in the same spot. So yeah, the talent's there. And if you can get plus money for them to get out of the group or that Brazil 1-2 with them at plus 240, I think you said, that's that sounds like a pretty good number to me. Yeah, as I mentioned, like the, the, whole, the whole idea of them playing Uruguay or Portugal, I think those are two... They wouldn't be favored against either of those teams, but I don't think it's that tall of a task. No. Let's get to Group H, speaking of those two teams, because I think this, again, is one of the more interesting groups. And this is the final group here that we'll get to. Portugal is the favorite at uh, minus 145. Uruguay, plus 200. Ghana, uh, the U.S.'s you know, great foes for, for, for many years, <laughs> are plus 1,000. Um, and Ghana, interestingly, they've added like a, a lot of like pretty good players recently. Uh, Tariq Lamptey got added to the to the squad. They obviously have uh, Thomas Partey from Arsenal. They've got a, g- a good amount of players there. I don't know that they're as good as the, the, the Ghana teams that we remember from like four or five, you know, 10 years ago or so, but an interesting team nonetheless. And then South Korea, uh, Hyungman Sun, who hurt his eye but should play, they are actually the, the, the lowest of the odds at plus 1,100, although not much lower than Ghana. This is a really interesting group to me, Paul. I love Uruguay, and I don't know if this yeah. is another sort of trendy pick, and I'm kind of in the mode of like fading Portugal, but I'll let you go first. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, I'm just a little confused by the prices. Like, Portugal's minus 145 to win the group and Uruguay's plus 200. That those to me those two are much closer and I know you know Portugal probably has more talent and if they would unleash everything I can see that price being justified but uh they have not unleashed ev- everything ever at a tournament in the last few years. So you know they they play more conservative and you just feel like everyone's bottled up a little bit. Um Uruguay's older, you know, all those names, the Suarez and Cavani's and Godins are all still on the team and probably going to be contributors so there are a lot of questions on you know how are they going to line up can the new guys get integrated uh you know Diego Alonso just came in as coach toward the end of the cycle uh, last four games of qualifying I think so there's questions about this Uruguay team I just think the price is out of whack compared to because we know Portugal doesn't I know they won Euro 16 but they don't have a super high ceiling they're not going to blow the doors off everybody yep. uh given what they've ever another shown. team another team that yeah. like like France and England that has all these talents but kind of doesn't play the way that you would like them right. to play uh, and, you know, I think you're right. I think this Uruguay team, I will push back on you a little bit. I think there is more youth. Like, you've got Federico Valverde, who is, I yeah, think, could yeah. potentially, we'll get to this in a second, could be player. He's in the player of the tournament talks. Like, if they make a run, I think it is an interesting interesting bet there. And then Darwin Nunez, you talk about, you know, age on that front line. Sure, you're going to have Suarez and Cavani, but he's kind of like the youthful guy there who's a total wild card and kind of can play anywhere up front. Uh, 
And, you know, I think they've got some experience in the back line and they've just, they just, they have history. Like they've won two, I know it was in like the thirties, they've won world cups. And for a nation of 3 million people, they just continue to crank out incredible attacking players. I, I, I'm in, I like, I, I guess it's more of a fade Portugal thing for me than it is yeah, how I much so. I love Uruguay, but I still do like this Uruguay team. Yeah. And plus again, plus 200 to win the group, I think is a pretty good price. Uh, you know, they beat Portugal in the knockout stage four years ago. And obviously a lot of faces have changed, but Portugal is still a lot of the same. I mean, Fernando Santos is still the manager, so we still think we know what they're going to do. And yeah, I just think Uruguay has more upside given some of that youth and, and the transitions that are coming through for them. And if, if, if Uruguay does win the group, it is kind of interesting that you want to be kind of on that right side of the bracket, which if they win, they would be. They'd likely play Serbia or Switzerland. Then they get the winner of Belgium, uh, Belgium Germany. Yes, France could potentially be on that side as well. But it, that right side is... You know, it's it's probably the place that you want to be if you want to pick a team to make a run. And if they do win the group, you're looking at Uruguay to reach the semifinals is plus eight hundred. Uruguay to reach the finals plus twenty five hundred, and Uruguay to win it all is plus thirty eight hundred. I think they're all interesting. Inch, I, I, I don't. I haven't locked any of them in right now. I probably will uh, before before Sunday's opening match. But I do think that this is a team that you know. You could probably bet them, and then if they end up making it a few rounds, you could probably hedge that bet further, like later down the road. I do like Uruguay in the futures to, to kind of advance pretty far in this tournament. Yeah, if you're picking out one kind of a mid-major type of team, and one of those mid-major type of teams always makes a run, uh, like Croatia did in 18. Not always, but frequently, at least. Uh, I think Uruguay's as good a bet as any to be one of those teams to come from, you know, what's generally perceived as the second or third best team in the group and go deep. Can I get you any, any biting on, on Ghana or South Korea? Like, I don't. I think this is again. This is like a no slouch group, but there is really no group of death. I, I think a lot of people are talking about that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think this necessarily is either. But like, South Korea is a solid team, and I think Ghana as well. Like, you look at names on paper, you go, I know that guy. I know that guy. Like that, and you know they've certainly had success in the past. I don't know. Like, if I had to pick one of them to get out of the group, I'd probably lean more towards South Korea. But. Um, but, you know, you could potentially look at a thing where you go, all right, Uruguay and South Korea to advance. You leave Portugal. I don't know if either of those are kind of enticing to you at all. Yeah, I mean, plus 250 is not bad for either one of them to get out of the group. But yeah, neither one has quite enough firepower. Uh, I th- again, I think they're solid teams. I'm just not sure they have yeah, quite the firepower to hang with an Uruguay or a Portugal. Uh, so do, do you ultimately think Portugal gets out or no? I think so. I think Uruguay wins the group. Portugal gets second. Yeah, I'd probably lean that that way as well, which uh, I believe the price on that would be plus 340. So another thing there, if you really like that, that's a, yeah. that's a pretty good number. All right, that pretty much wraps up our group stage talk. Let's move on to uh, World Cup winners, I guess. So this is, I mentioned at the top of the pod, I'm going to go and name just, I guess, a couple of the top favorites here. Brazil, plus 420. Argentina, plus 550. France, plus 600. Spain, plus 750. England, plus 800. And Germany, plus 1,000. Those are, those are your real, probably prime contenders mm-hmm. um do you like any of those or is there any any longer shots that you've taken that you've taken a bet on paul i mean purely on those numbers i don't love you know any of them you know most of these numbers get so sharpened by the time the tournament rolls around there's not a ton of value here um i have a germany ticket at plus 1100 i made it before the draw actually because i just pretty much always have a germany ticket because they're germany and why not um but obviously you get a group with spain that you know, dings it a little bit but it's still plus a thousand. Um, I mean, if I have to make a title play, I like some of those mid majors we just talked about. Whether it's Uruguay, Croatia, Denmark. You know, Denmark's plus twenty four hundred. Uruguay, Croatia, plus thirty eight hundred. Um, those are the ones I'm more inclined to make a play on, just because. Again, I think this tournament could be a little more unpredictable. But these teams that have enough pedigree and enough talent. Um, could make a run. Croatia did it four years ago. So that's where I would look. I mean, look, I don't mind if you want to sprinkle something on any of those top six. I mean, Brazil at plus 320, I think that price is really, really not good. But yeah. you know, any of those others in the 550, 750 range, sure. They, and any of them could win it. Just I don't think the price is that great. I grabbed Argentina at plus 700 before the draw as well. I think, I think they're a little bit too trendy. I still have them winning it. Uh, the one team that I do like is Spain. I think Spain yeah. plus 750. The only the only issue I have with this is that I kind of want them to finish runners up in the group with Germany because right. then they Easy get on the, the right bracket. side of the bracket and if they do that, I I mean I I think they get to the final. I think they, I you know, I I kind of was like doing this out in the predictor apps and all that stuff and I had, you know, I had a Argentina Spain final. If I think if Spain gets on that right side of the bracket, yeah, France could be over there, but you're talking about uh, let me just bring it up really quickly. You're talking potentially like Ecuador, France, Mexico, Belgium, Germany, Uruguay, Serbia. If you mm-hmm. switch out Germany and Spain, and Spain comes to second in that group, I think Spain 
could easily get to a final. And then you're in a final. They certainly have enough talent. They could potentially win it. So at plus right. 750, I, I do like that odds. Um, and then, you know, going from there, I think I'm with you. Like Uruguay is probably the play for me of like an, of, of a super long shot. I've seen places where they're 50 to one. Uh, let's look, they're 38 to one on FanDuel. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not a big, you know, I, I don't really have a ton of plays as far as like the, the winners. I mean, we could throughout this pod, we're going to be doing ones, as I mentioned, every four to five days. Like we could kind of update where the futures are depending on like who loses or who wins and what prices are at the time. But I don't really have a ton invested right now, but it's just so hard. As you mentioned, the numbers are so sharp. It's really just hard to get an advantage on any of these. And Brazil's number is going to be basically the same after they win the group. You know, yep. it's plus 320 you now. Well it's not it gonna, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to be a, it'll be a, you know, maybe a little bit plus 280, something like that, maybe. But yeah. Most of these numbers aren't going to change much because it's pretty much just assumed that these top teams are going to get out of the group. So the other thing yeah. I'll ask you too: if if Denmark does indeed win the group with France and they're on that right side of the bracket, any interest in them as a potential long shot? I mean, yeah, they very easily could have made the final of the Euros. Uh, you know, got yep. kind of unlucky with a with a kind of a spotty PK call uh, against England. Like I think they're an interesting play. Yeah, they're one of the yeah they're one of those mid majors I would take a flyer on if I'm if I'm taking a flyer on yeah twenty four hundred you know obviously you want a little better price as you always do as I said but yeah I think they've got the tournament pedigree they are just a solid team they've got Ericsson, who is the, the talisman the inspiration the whatever you know soccer type of term you want to use he's that guy so yeah they've got the possibility and the chance of being the Croatia of this tournament. Uh, let's move on. This is another area where like, I don't have a ton of investment here. I just, I don't, I don't see a ton of like value. It's so it's more fun. I think to, to talk about than it is to actually put money down. That's the golden boot and the golden ball races here, Paul. I'll just, I'll just list them off. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this unless you have like a ton of thoughts of them, because I just think it's such a wild card that I don't even really know how to handicap this, but golden boot, which of course is to lead the tournament in goals, Harry Kane, He's in first, uh, best odds at plus 750. Mbappe, plus 850. Kareem Benzema, plus 1400. Neymar, plus 1400. Messi, plus 1400. Ronaldo, plus 1600. I, 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 don't, I just don't know how much value there is in any of the guys at the top of this list. You can talk to me in some flyers, but first, before I give out mine, are you, are you invested in any of these or no? Um, a couple things. So, I mean, my general criteria, which this is not like super scientific hot takey, but you want somebody on a good team, and you want somebody who takes penalties. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is who wins the golden boot most of the time. Harry Kane won four years ago because he had two or three penalties among his six goals. Uh, so, yeah, I think Messi is a decent play, plus 1,400. I mean, that's what, joint third best odds, but he's going to take the penalties. Argentina's going to score goals. We think Argentina's going to make a deep run. Uh, the one I kind of like further down is Memphis Depay at plus 2,900. Mm. Again, takes penalties for the Dutch. The Dutch... They have the tools to make a run. You know, they're not necessarily a favorite to make the semis or so, but it would not shock anybody if they got there. We talked about their top end talent is there. Don't know about the depth, but that's why you get plus 2,900. So I like to pie at plus 2,900. That's the only other one I've played. Uh, I'm going to go against your, your, your theory is, is, is tried and true. You should definitely take good teams and guys that take penalties. Uh, these are good teams, but they're not penalty takers. Well, I do like Messi. If I had to pick one of the guys that I mentioned, it would be Messi yeah. at plus 1,400. I have Argentina winning the tournament. He's likely going to score a ton of goals and take penalties for them. Uh, let me throw this out there. Gabby Jesus, uh, 35, plus 3,500 for a Brazil team. The only thing with him is Richarlison has been their starting striker right. throughout qualifying. He's kind of been hurt, maybe out of form. I don't think we know exactly who's going to start there. And Gabby Jesus hasn't been in awesome form since his incredibly hot start. But if you're talking about the leading goal scorer on the team that's the favorite, I, I think he probably does lead them in goals. I think that's a pretty good shout. And then Alvaro Morata. I know everybody makes fun of him, but I, I, I'm, as I said, I'm invested in Spain. I like Spain. I think his goal scoring record, I think he's above his XG right now. So like, that's not something he normally does. Maybe he's potentially in form. And I do think that this is a good Spain squad. And I think they could potentially go far. So if I'm taking fly, I'm more interested in taking flyers at two guys that are plus 3,400 than I am stuff that's under plus 1,000. Yeah, I mean, the question with Brazil is what you said. I think they had like nine forwards on the roster. So who's playing? Are they going to play? You know, are they going to rotate a lot? Whatever it is. Um, yeah, Murata, I don't mind. Like One other thing to look for, especially in the World Cup, it's like Kane won last time because he put up, was it five goals, I think, against Panama and Tunisia? You know, yeah. Two of the worst teams in Load the up. tournament. So, you know, keep an eye on, like Argentina has what we think is a relatively weak group. Could could Messi hang three on Saudi Arabia? Very, Very possible. Yep. <laughs> or if you're Brazil, could, you know, choose your forward. Could they hang two or three on Pretty much anybody else, yeah, very realistic. Uh, Murata could uh, he hang a bunch on Costa Rica? Very possible. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. It's it's obviously just one, maybe two games against one of those lesser teams, but in this small tournament, that's all it takes often to win the gold boot. 
Let's move the golden ball. This is the player of the tournament. So basically just MVP, most outstanding player for people that aren't necessarily familiar with it. You don't have to win, by the way, to to win this award. I believe Luka Modric won. That's uh, like for five in a row have not won the tournament. Because yeah. they vote before the final. Yep. Um, so, and, and Modric yeah. was 100% deserving of that. So it's not even like Correct. a thing where it was kind of right. weird. Yeah, we're not saying it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so golden ball, this is the, I'll just give you the top couple here. Lionel Messi is the favorite at plus 900. Mbappe plus 1100. Neymar plus 1100. Benzema plus 1400. Kevin De Bruyne and Harry Kane are plus 1600. I don't really have a ton to say here. Again, like I, I think, I, you listen, if Argentina goes far, there's definitely like a last dance vibe to this. Re- and Messi plays well where like I could see him getting this this award. And plus 900 isn't like a terrible number for a team that I think is going to go far. But uh, I don't know. Is there any, I, I have a couple long shots I'll throw at you as well. But I mean, do you like anybody at the top? It's just, uh, I mean, it's so hard. There's definitely a case that look, if Argentina is plus what, 550 to win the tournament. Is there any way that they win the tournament and Messi is not the golden ball winner outside of obviously, you know, excluding injuries? You're way ahead of me. Um, yep. So, I mean, I like I'm looking at I like Latauro Martinez at plus 4400. I think that's a pretty decent price. I also think there's a decent shot he would be the best player in the tournament and Messi would still win the golden ball. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, you know, I, you can take a flyer on somebody like that. But yeah, I, I do think there's a couple of guys, Messi, well, Messi's really the main one, where you might consider taking them instead of the team to win the tournament, just because you're going to get about double the price or so. And you kind of have the possibility of him winning the golden ball without actually winning the tournament. You pretty much just have to reach the final or maybe even the semis if you want to get there. I haven't found it anywhere, but... Uh, there, there is a you. You can do Messi to win the Golden Boot and Argentina to win the the entire thing. That's plus thirty one hundred. I I like him Golden Ball better though, and I haven't been able to find. I'm sure if somebody emailed it to me, I'll find. It. I I would be interested in knowing what that price is. But at, for mm-hmm. him to win the Golden Boot and Argentina to win to to lift the cup or lift the trophy is plus thirty one hundred. Um, I think that is kind of interesting. A couple of long shots that I kind of like in this is Pedri. I, I'm gonna go on my Spain train again here. Yeah. If if Spain does make a run. Pedri's awesome. Right. He's going to be, he, he's their most exciting kind of electric player. He's plus 3,400. Um, Christian Eriksen, if Denmark makes a run, they're plus 4,400. Uh, he's plus 4,400 to win the award. Jude Bellingham, I don't think England does make the semis, but if they do and he looks good, it's kind of his like coming out party, which I think it could be. And he's going to be a guy that potentially scores goals in the midfield and is just all an, an all around great player. Jude Bellingham is plus 5,000. And then I'm going to take, I love this guy. I think he's an incredible talent, one of the best midfield, young midfielders in the world. Federico Valverde is plus eight thousand to win to win the award. Again, you're you know if you think Uruguay is going to go far, he's a guy that could potentially you know I think he's probably the guy that would m- maybe win that unless Nunes just scores a bunch of goals. I'm more interested in the long shots, just like I, we were talking about in the Golden Boot. But I don't know if I necessarily love any of these. Yeah, and I'll just point out that historically, the Golden Ball winner is not necessarily the Golden Boot winner. Just because I mean, Modric won it in eighteen, Messi won in fourteen, uh, Diego Forlan before that, Zidane before that. So you have you know, there's there are all different kinds of attackers, but there is a playmaker element to all of them. Forlan had a bunch of goals. Um, so just point being, there are guys like a Pedri or whoever it might be that if you're pulling the strings on this team, an Ericsson, someone like that, you're pulling the strings that you could get recognized by this golden ball. It's not like you have to have, you know, five, six, seven goals to do that. You just get a couple, you pick up a few assists, you make a, some pretty passes and you're clearly the engine of a team. You've still got a real chance to win the golden boot if your team, or the golden ball rather, if your team goes far. Yep. All right, let's close it out here because we're just about at the hour mark. Um, I've got a couple closing questions for you and we'll do these rapid fire very quickly. Uh, first one, your favorite long shot to win it all. Favorite long shot to win it all, I will go with Croatia. Which was their what's their price? Uh, it was plus thirty eight hundred, I think, same as okay. Uruguay. Yeah, Uruguay is the team I was thinking as well. I think if they do make it and end up making it far, you can kind of hedge your bet there and essentially guarantee yourself a profit. So I like yeah. them as well. Um, how about most vulnerable, quote unquote, big team in the group stage to go out in the group stage? Uh, I think we're on the same page here, but I go with Belgium. I just think that group is group is really tough. Belgium's defense is old, and there's a you know as you're picking, you're betting on a team that could implode. It could be Belgium. Yeah, Belgium definitely for me, but Portugal is also kind of there. And then sneaky England, like it's just just keep an eye on it. I'm just saying, it's it's weirder things have happened. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, none of the other three teams in England's group are are terrible. You know, we don't think any of them are better than England, but there's not a Saudi Arabia or Costa Rica among them. Yep. All right, sleeper team to make a run. Same. I mean, obviously we're throwing out Croatia, then that'll go Denmark. Denmark. I'm gonna go Serbia. You talk. I, I talked about my love for the Serbs earlier. I think uh, interesting quarterfinal bet for them would be good. What's your mm-hmm. finals prediction? Who wins it all? 
Um, at Argentina against Germany, we, we talked about you know getting Spain on the weaker half of the bracket. I think the same thing could happen with Germany. So I go with a rematch of what is it, the '86 and '90 World Cup finals. I think same thought process as me. I just oh, had the 14. reverse. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Same thought process I had. I have Argentina over Spain. I'm hoping Spain gets on that right side of the bracket. Um, and that, I think, will be a, a fantastic final. I think either team could win that potentially, too. But I'm going to go with Argentina. I think this is, a, uh, like I said, the last dance for Messi. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. After all the, the kind of the drama around Cristiano Ronaldo and the debate about the GOAT and who this is, like if Messi ends up winning this thing and actually does it, I mean, it, kind of, it really does sort of solidify his legacy. And it's an awesome, incredible mic drop for him to walk off that way. That would be uh, unbelievable. We'll and see I, how it goes. I don't goes. think I said this, like, Argentina, this may not be the best collection of players they have, but it might be the best team they've had under Messi, like just as a team. You know, they've got, they've had more talent, but this is a, a really good squad that they have. And they seem to have more of a sense of what they're doing and how to play to maximize everybody's strengths. Well, the issue with them is always like how they have all these great players, but none of do they play well with Messi? It was like right. Paulo Dybala or whatever. It seems like he and Lautaro Martinez have a good right. rapport with the midfield. The yep. Valverde has this revelation. And then, you know, the back line is, is what it is. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think this is definitely their best, like, you know, their best, this is his best shot. I know they made a final, but I, th I think this team is probably their best shot um, to, to potentially win it all. So that'll do it uh, for this episode. We're going to be back on Friday, by the way. Again, we are going to be back every probably four to five days, every sort of like round and cycle of games. So we'll be, you know, doing three different uh, bets on games during the group stages. Um, we'll be back Friday with specific bets from basically all of the round one group stage games, including USA, Wales. And um, and we'll, we'll, we'll I guess we'll touch on some future updates as well there, Paul. Are there any kind of like lingering like futures bets that, that we didn't get to or is that kind of it, I think, for today? Uh, I mean, Senegal is the only one I never really mentioned. It's so hard without Mane. I mean, I just think that's a yeah. really good team. And I think they've got, like I said, a good shot to win the group and obviously to get out of the group. Uh, it's just without that one last star player who can really be a giant difference maker and maybe the player of the tournament type of guy. It's hard to make them go far, but you know you're getting 120 to one, and then to win the tournament, or obviously you know much less to drop them down a couple rounds. I think that's that's one that still could be steep because I think they still have a lot of pieces. The upside just isn't quite as high without money there. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's a wait and see for me mode as we talked about. I yeah. think wait, wait and see until after that Netherlands game, you might get a better number. But uh, all right, that'll do it for us today. We'll be back on Friday with a big USA Wales preview um, and a bunch of other best bets from round one. Paul, thank you so much. Thanks again to our producer Mike Wargon behind the scenes, and we'll talk to everybody Friday.